We're rolling cam one. Someone, do we are we calling these anything in particular or? Yes, we are. Clever name. Otherwise, I'll just wing it. Nervous. <laughs> That's good because I'm starting with you. <laughs> need support. Yeah, but that sounds like they need support. <laughs> We'll run with it. We'll run with it. We all need support. That's a very good point. Uh, local support and NTSP. That sounds great. All right. That sounds great. Um, all right, Simon, uh, lead us in and we'll just run with it. Hi, everyone. I'm Nick Kirkenmeister from Heartland Wines on the Parade. And we're having one of these great discussions that we've done before, uh, letting you know what's happening with local businesses right here in the Nord, Paynham and St. Peter's area. There is so much going on behind the scenes and in your neighbourhood, and this is a great way to explore it. Today, we are at Reform Distilling, and that's uh, 91 on Little Rundle Street. So yet again, just around the corner, it's a great space with some fantastic gins and other toys to play with. So pop on in when you get a chance. So I'm lucky enough today to be joined by Sophia from Muscle Sense. Hi, Hi. Sophia. How are you going? Well, thank you. Uh, on my left, I have Jackie from Bailey Real Estate. Hi, Jackie. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, getting there. But, you know, if you keep asking me how I am, we'll be here all day. But Adrian, <laughs> Adrian is here from Bambrick Legal. And how are you, Adrian? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Well, now that we've covered off on that and we're all well and healthy, which is probably actually really important at this time of year, I'm going to ask someone who's an expert on well and healthy a little bit about what you do at Muscle Sense, Sophia. Now, we were talking uh, before and you were explaining to me in some detail, I think, what is structural integration? Because although we all know a registered nurse, we all know a massage therapist, skills that you have, we may not fully understand exactly what you do. Yeah, so structural integration, I'm one of two practitioners here in Adelaide. And it's a form of bodywork um, and we look at the structures, posture, movement and we treat the fascial system which is uh, pretty much the filmy bit you get on the chicken, that's the fascia and it's all within us so we're covered in it. And uh, yeah, I look at balancing the body through this particular structural integration. So yeah. So for those people who might be more familiar with say a, a chiropractor or a physiotherapist, coming to work with you, how does it differ? What, what can people expect? So with me, um, so the chiro might work on your bones and your central nervous system to calm your, your body and physios might work on your muscles. But what wraps all of those structures and connects them all together is the fascia. And that's what I work on. So um, it involves getting on and off the table. And I look at where you're maybe not moving or moving too much. And say you come in with a, you know, an aches and pains in your shoulder um, I might be looking at your hips and how they're moving and how that impacts the shoulder because if the hips don't open long-term, that shoulder's not going to get better. Um, so I kind of don't look at – I don't really look at where the pain, painful site is. I look at, you know, your structures and your posture. Yeah. So you're spending a lot of time examining your, your patients, your clients first to get a sense as to how they do what they do and then that informs what they may actually be needing from you. Yes, yeah. 
And I'm really interested to know like what lifestyle you have, whether you're a desk sitter, whether you, you know, you're more standing upright. So I used to be a nurse, so a lot of standing for me, a lot of lower back problems, but that related more to my feet than anything. Whereas if you're sitting at a desk and you've got sort of upper upper problems like neck neck sore or tight, I'm more going to be looking at your hips because you're sitting down. So it just depends on what you do uh, lifestyle wise. And I'm really interested to know each individual client and, you know, what, what's going to help them long-term. All of us have, I'm sure, different uh, functional and, and, and different uh, issues that we, we work with in life. I mean, I imagine for you, Jackie, standing around is going to be something that's an important part of, of working in real estate because you, you need to be, you know, there for clients, there for people who are, are looking at properties. Hey, have you found that, you know, over the years, uh, as you are uh, working with people and, and, and showing them homes and, and giving them an opportunity that, that, that you've, you've found different ways of coping with this? Do you have any tricks? <laughs> <laughs> Look at what shoes you're wearing <laughs> for long periods of time and keep yourself moving. So if you're standing at an open, don't stay in one position, just keep walking around, talking to people and try and keep your feet moving because you can be on, especially on a Saturday, um, you can have back-to-back opens and it um, can be very tiring. You're jumping in a, in a car, out of the car, setting all the lights up, racing around, standing, then do it all again, close it all down and off you go to the next one. So, I've often wondered, uh, real estate's one of those roles where you, you're guaranteed to never get a Saturday off. Um, what drew you to the profession in the first place? I just love property. So for many years, I've been renovating, flipping, developing properties. I'm just, I, it's, I live and breathe it. Um, and I love people. So it's, for me, it's a perfect combination. And I love taking people by the hand and taking them through that journey. Not everybody sells the house for good times. There are, marriage breakdowns or a death of a partner or someone going into aged care and can be lots of different reasons they're selling a home. So it's really important to come in alongside of them and take them by the hand and and shoulder some of that um, to help get them through the other side um, and to be able to obviously achieve the highest price for people. You work with your husband, Steve. Do you have a similar approach, do you think, in the way that you, you tackle things? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've each got our different strengths. Um, I'm very much a people person. I'm creative. I can walk into a home. I can see um, what needs there are in that home to get it to market, to get the best dollar for my clients. So probably 50 to 60% of my sales I do renovations on. So if I walk in and see that if an owner, a vendor spent ten or 20000 on the house, that we could get another 80000 for them in their pocket. So I manage the trades and help work through with those. So as far as Steve, he'll come with me to the opens. He heads up um, the property management division. Um, He's a general manager of the business, so he oversees a lot of things with compliance and things like that. So we each have different roles and different strengths. Um, I noted um, before you were saying that you think that the industry itself is slightly askew, not where it should be. What, what, what do you mean by that? What, where do you think uh, the industry is is not really performing for uh, for people and, and, and what's that point of difference that you're looking to offer? I definitely feel I've carved out a niche with the renovation market. There are a, a lot of people that I believe in the industry are what I call transactional agents. They're trained just to go in, sign up the listing, get it on the market regardless. I go in with a heart for my vendor. 
I look at if there's some more money on the table for my vendor, I want to get it for them. So I have, so it might be a renovation or something else we can do. It might just be styling. It might be helping them move out um, and stay with family so that they're not stressed during the sale when you're bringing people through. It's whatever I can do to assist my vendor, but for the final outcome of getting the higher price with the least amount of stress. I always say to them, you know, it might be a bit of hard work. So it's either hard work first and easier later or it's the other way around. If you don't prepare your home well, it sits on the market um, and just sits there and sits there weekend after weekend um, and often needs price adjustments and things like that. People are then looking for a bargain. So it's worth doing it well and then get a great outcome for your vendors. I think that's something that the three of you probably have in common, that you're quite often dealing with people in times of stress. And, and Adrian, I know that uh, uh, this is something that must be a, a big part of your practice, getting to know and, and understand people at times that can be trying for them, whether it's because they're undergoing some criminal situation or whether they're dealing with taxation or even a conveyancing situation. Uh, how do you work with your clients in, in that way? It's rare that clients come to see us and they're in a good position. They're usually coming to see you because something's gone sideways. Um, so there's, it's inherent in pretty much everything we do with them that there's a lot of stress. So um, it's to get getting to know the, the client um, it is you know, top of our list of, of things we like to do. So we sort of try and get into their headspace, try and be empathetic as to you know what they might be dealing with. Um, and, and different practitioners in the firm will, will work in different areas. So... I don't have the, the friendliest disposition or demeanour, so I'm probably not the person you want if you've got a um, an argument in the family court about seeing your children. But we've got other practitioners who will do that. Um, but if you want an argument with the Commissioner of Taxation, I'm probably your bloke. So, you know, it's horses for courses. I'm far more friendly than I appear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that's true. Uh, you have a varied practice, as you've alluded to. W what are the areas of focus that you're seeing coming through the door now? Are, are there particular cases that you're dealing with time and again? Uh, family law has just gone through the roof since COVID. Um, I think relationships that were a little bit distressed um, and then people went into lockdown. Um, that's really caused, quite sadly, mm. you know, the breakdown of family units. Um, so that's starting to go up. Um, most recently, we've seen a bit more activity from the Commissioner of Taxation uh, starting to chase money on behalf of the Commonwealth. Um, insolvency work started to spike a little bit. For me personally, it was my notarial practice that really went through the roof during the whole of COVID because ordinarily people would you know, fly back to the country, their family's origin to you know maybe wind up a deceased estate or something like that, a grandparent or a parent has died. But with the um, closure of the borders, they couldn't do that. So they come along to see somebody like me as a notary, um, to verify their identity, you know, witness execution of documents so they can be used overseas. A lot of people maybe have been in the fortunate position where they've not had a great deal of dealings with lawyers in the past. If I was to come into Banbrick Legal, what would I expect? I mean, uh, is there an initial consultation before I, you know who's going to be dealing with me or what the best way to help me would be? Um, <laughs> yep. There'd be an initial phone call just to, to establish, you know, who are we dealing with and make sure we've got no conflicts. Um, then we'd probably get you through the door, sit down um, half an hour or so to try and get some facts, see if we can add some value. Um, there's no cost to you at that stage. Um, if we form the view that we can assist you, um, then we'll give you full cost disclosure, um, let you think about it for a couple of days. Uh, and then if you want to take action, um, you let us know and away we go. 
Uh, one thing I learnt about all three of you before we began today is that you are all dog lovers, as am I. And I was wondering, given that we've learnt today that for all three of you, one of the most important aspects of what you do is getting to know the patient, the client, the customer. Uh, how do the animals help in that regard? Have you each found you in, in your own way how uh, how the dogs are helping do the job? Um, we've got you know, Vincenzo John Barrick the first, uh, who's a um, <laughs> chocolate brown labradoodle. Um, he's very well behaved, um, uh, and that's his disposition or his demeanour is is very friendly. And I've spent the first two years of his life every Monday night standing on an oval. Rain, rain or snow or sunshine, getting him to do what he's supposed to do. So he's quite well behaved. Um, he's very good with distressed clients, you know. Um, if, if and if clients even come in with their children, they might be sitting in the reception area playing with Vince. So there's no problems there. Um, he's good with the staff, which you know is good for you know in a current uh, bloodbath in the recruitment market that we're mm. in now. So I'm hoping he's going to be good for um, staff retention. And my resting heart rate dropped 10 beats a minute in the first two years that I had him, so it's been a win-win for me. <laughs> Jackie, what's uh, your experience been? So we had a lovely little dog, Lola, rehomed to us last year, and um, we had a, a, a someone that we knew that was going to an apartment and couldn't take her. So she's a Maltese um, poodle, um, really cute, beautifully behaved. And uh, my husband said the only way we could have her is if she could come to work. So the staff immediately researched all the reasons <laughs> why the benefits of having um, a dog at work. So she comes to work every day. She greets all the staff, the clients. She comes into the boardroom, sits on the, the, the head chair and uh, <laughs> everybody loves her. So she's been really great. And Sophia, you, your patients, how do they interact yeah, with dogs? I've got little Gary. He's a French bulldog and he used to lie on some clients' chests when he was a puppy. So he's been like a therapy dog, I feel, for his whole life. So, yeah, he comes in. He just snoozes in their chair and um, they love him. So it's good, good yes. to calm them. I find at the, the cellar door when I have Cooper, who's a golden retriever, people just assume he's a rug because he moves so little. It, it, it's very hard to, to know he's there at all. I think probably a really good question for all of us to answer is why here? You know, we're all in the same council area. Um, it's a very vibrant area. I think a lot of people who don't live in this neighbourhood think of it as this, this sort of leafy suburb where you're going to have lots of, you know, houses and family homes. But there are so many businesses, so many varied places going on doing incredible stuff. I mean, here we are at a fantastic distillery that most people don't even know this is here I think yet um why what attracted you to this neck of the woods for me it was a very very practical decision um there's, there's somewhere for clients to park and the last thing you want to do is have a meeting with your client and you know and they're in and you're in the city and they spend you know looking at their watch at the 45 minute mark I've got to move the car <laughs> and come back well that's the last thing you want you want ease of access you know remove barriers to the market so that was it was as simple as that for us absolutely Sophia um, for me, it's just the, the accessibility of like I have people down south and up north and all over because what I do is quite niche. So, mm. um, yeah, it's really good that it's kind of – it's very central. I used to work down south and that was not great for people that were living up north. So Nord's like a nice sort of central area for me. Yeah, so I can reach more people. Absolutely. 
And I, I felt the same. So we built our mortgage business in Norwood. Uh, and when we sold that, uh, we live in the Adelaide Hills. So for us, it's a nice central location. But with our real estate, because we go to all different areas, um, we find that that's a nice central hub so that our team can go out to all the different areas and it's not too far. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I grew up here, so it was an obvious place for me to come back to. But my, my wife's Canadian. And when we moved back to Australia, she said, um, okay, we'll move to Adelaide. That's fine. But we have to live by the beach. And I had to remember Adelaide has a beach. Okay, right, fine. So we live down by the coast, which is great. But having my business here in Nord, it does feel very central. Um, it is, it's, it's a beautiful part of town. I mean, you really do feel like you're close enough to the city for anything you, you could need. You're very central, as you were saying, Sophia, but there's still this, this sense of, of space, I think, so that you, you know, you don't feel trapped and, uh, um, as long as Port Rush Road isn't too bad, you can get away reasonably well. Um, I, I guess the only thing I, I, I really wanted to ask all of you is looking through everything we've been through, we've obviously seen this horrific pandemic. There have been all sorts of strains on business of, over recent years. Do you have an optimism for what's coming? And I'm going to start with you, Jackie, if I may, because we've seen uh, the real estate market change dramatically over recent years. Even here in Adelaide, you're, you're seeing uh, a market that, that I didn't grow up with. What do you see in the future? Get out your crystal ball for us. And <laughs> what, do you, what are you seeing? Okay, so if we're talking real estate market, so the, the boom that we've gone through the biggest one that Adelaide's seen in 22 years. So there's normally a property clock and you probably have heard the saying, you know, property will double every seven to 10 years. In Adelaide, that was a bit slower. We, we, ha we have a very stable market. So we don't have the highs and lows that New South Wales and Victoria have, um, which is great. So this was a really long overdue boom that Adelaide needed. Um, what we're finding now, if we look into the future, Adelaide price, we're still having so many investors looking at Adelaide. It's performing really well. We're not going to have the, still not going to have the dips of highs and lows like we had in New South Wales and Victoria. So we're going to be still steady as we go, but we are holding our prices at this stage. So we haven't seen a big pullback, just maybe less offers, um, but we're still holding firm on pricing. With you, Sophia, I'm going to skew the question somewhat because structural integration you've introduced us to it you've highlighted that it's it's a rare practice here in Adelaide you're only well, one of two um, how did you come across this and, and what was the drive for this to be your way forward here, here in Adelaide? Yeah so I in my own body had lots of niggles that wouldn't go away and massage was good but it wasn't helping me long term so um, yeah I really I wanted to help people long term I didn't want to just mask the problem band-aid the problem um, so that's when I found structural integration and me being a nurse I had a lot of sort of stress in my body so um, yeah I definitely wanted to uh, find something that would help my clients long term and it certainly helps long term there's a lot of clients who've been um, sort of needing treatment weekly and they come and see me and I see them every three months now so um, really helping them I, f I find this has been really great and it helped me a lot. So I love it. I get, I get it often with my colleague, Nat, who she's the other structural integrator. So, yeah. And obviously you're finding that growth within your practice and you're seeing this as being something that's going to be uh, growing with you going forward. 
Yeah, I've actually found since COVID it's been a bit of a boom. People are really actually taking their health seriously, which is, you know, um, when when getting sick with, with COVID and all of this talk about long COVID stuff, um, really looking after themselves and their posture and their breathing and this is what I work with them. It's really important that, that um, they just have this big drive to look after themselves even more so than before. So all my long-term clients are really showing up extra and want to know more and how they can help themselves and their kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been really good for my business. And Adrian, for you, it's one thing to go through the the years and years to, to get that legal degree, to have the qualifications you require, but then to take that extra step and to take on your own practice and to make that commitment. Obviously, you're seeing a future uh, that's going forward here. What was the, the drive to, to do it yourself, to make it your business? I, I sort of really fell into it. Um, and it was – I fell into it and it was – it's just grown organically um, to, the, to the point where it's sort of almost out of control. <laughs> um, this – I don't really know what drove me to do that. It's a pretty, bit of a vague answer. But um, you're, you're in it now. There's no going back. But you're seeing a future, obviously. Yes. Um, I think the future for, in the South Australian legal market, I think it's migration – um, and migration law is very similar to tax law, which was previously a large part of my practice was tax dispute work, tax controversy. So it's an administrative function. So you do X, Y and Z and you get ABC outcome. And migration is very similar. The wave of migration to this country, um, as I look into my crystal ball, hasn't even started yet. You know, we've got 27 or 28 million people. Nobody lives here. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a stable political background um, we don't have civil war. There's largely racial, racial tolerance with everybody, or if not harmony, um, it's it's a clean environment. It, uh, we've done remarkably well coming out of COVID. I think as a country as a whole, compared to the rest of the world, I just think that people are going to really start to flock here um, over the course of the next decade. Well, I'd like to thank all three of you for the hard work you've put in today. I don't know why we're all so nervous. We've done a stellar job today, haven't we? <laughs> uh, these are three fantastic businesses right here in your local community that are here to support you, people who you can trust, people who you can rely upon, and people who can be vaguely entertaining on camera too, so you can't say fairer than that. Uh, just be really proud of where you live. Be really proud of where you have your business. You're part of a really vibrant community. So to all three of you, uh, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. <clears throat>